Hello, everybody, and welcome to Begging Broadcast, episode number 313. I'm Chris. I'm John. <laughs> I'm Paul. We're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being the Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out August 31st, 2016. Now we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week, John brought it to the table. We're going to be taking a look at two of the pilots that are coming out from Amazon.com's pilot season. Uh, we're going to be looking at the newest version of The Tick, starring Peter Serafanowicz, and Jean-Claude Van Johnson, starring Jean-Claude Van Damme. That's a, it has a great opening sequence. <laughs> it, it does. Uh, and we start every show, as always, with having a beer. And Chris, what are you enjoying today? A uh, little throwback to last week's episode. I had a few beers, and I liked them all, but I came away from them saying, like, man, I think these would be better chilled. So I put everything in the fridge after I was done and then went back and, like, revisited them all later. And I was right. They all tasted a lot better when they were cooled down a little bit. And one of those was from Green Flash Brewing. So I picked up another one from them today. And this is Green Flash's Treasure Chest. And this is an India Pale Ale what they call an IPA, brewed with mm. grapefruit juice, prickly pear juice, and hibiscus flowers. Mm. Um, and this is an annual limited release from them. I hadn't had it before, but I put this one in the fridge as soon as I got it home, and yeah, this is really nice, really pleasant. Um, this is like a perfect summer day beer. It's got a little bit of like that butteriness that I kind of like in an IPA, but I don't get it too much. Um, I don't know what hops that comes from, but there's something else I had not too long ago that had it. I want to say it was something from Founders, but I can't remember which one it was. Um, Centennial? Yeah, I, I, I don't know uh, if it's the hops or maybe it's the hibiscus flowers on there that are doing that. They'll give you a nice floral kind of mm-hmm. taste to it. A little medicinal. But yeah, I, I, I like this a lot. Uh, I think it's something, if you can find it, it was only seven ninety nine for the, the bomber. Uh, definitely worth a pickup. Nice. Um, you know what? Let us know what other, uh, if you're not drinking them today, what other West Coast uh, you're going to be, fe- you, you can feature on the show because we get West Coast up here and we can definitely do reviews together, bud. Yeah, um, I'll, um, we need to like coordinate on our beer a little bit better. Usually, <laughs> you'll say what you're getting and then I come look for it, and then it's like, nope, no, we'll get in that area. Well, we are in two sides of the country. <laughs> yeah. Well, what are you guys drinking today? We're drinking something north of the Mason-Dixon line, and so you might not be able to get this, because this is a brewery I've never heard of before until uh, John... I, I can't. I actually looked for it today when I went to the store uh, just to see. And John brought this to the table, and uh, it, it reminds me of a joke that I had uh, for buying... Because uh, Kate and I, we, we have a distinct limit on how much we can spend for each other on Christmas. So when it comes to when you only have $5 left to spend and you're looking to fill out somebody's uh, Christmas list, you go to the Hobo Wines section of your local wine store and you just buy those dollar wines. And your uh, wife loves those. <laughs> yeah. They're the super sugary wines that you're not sure if somebody got... This is all that a hobo could afford, and this is why they drink it, or if you drink too much of it, if you automatically become a hobo. Yeah, you get, like, those little fingerless gloves. Yeah. You get, like, a bent uh, top hat mm-hmm. that's punched out yeah. on the top. So, just, uh, But this is Lord Hobo Brewing Company's The Hobo Life Session IPA. It's dry hopped with a citra hop. 
what else? These are guys from the hills of Wo- Woburn, Massachusetts. Well, that sounds like such a hobo town. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this beer for being uh, 4.5%. 4. 4. Mm-hmm. Full of flavor. Packed with flavor. It's a lemony, citrusy. Bitter aftertaste, though. But it's what you... It delivers like if you if I took a sip of this and then you told me it was a session I'd be like no way yeah this has got way too much flavor there's too much going on um, th- this beer is great I I think it's probably one of the best ones um, they do we're gonna be drinking another one from them um, we can get three out here steal this can boom sauce and the hobo life and I couldn't find the steal this can which is also really good mm. so we'll be having the boom sauce a little later on but. This beer is delicious. I would drink this mm-hmm. anytime I see it out. Anytime I see it on sale, I, if there's not another new beer I'm really looking for, I would pick it up. Yeah, I, I actually, you know, for a straight up, just citrusy, or uh, it's not a super citrusy, but a straight up IPA flav- full flavored beer uh, at 4.5, you know, for an all day kind of drinking thing, yeah, this would be my go to. Uh, I would get this over, what was I drink? The, what, what, the, uh, Ballast Point, uh, even keel, even keel, the mango, mango even, keel, even keel, which has been great. I have enjoyed that, but you know, if I wasn't looking for a fruit like porch drinking session ale kind of thing, this would be my go-to one. Over, uh, what was it? yeah, it's that an all-day IPA are the two like ones that you go to, and this one I think has more flavor than yeah all day. Uh, yeah, I like all day all day IPA, but yeah, this sounds really good. Like that little bit of citrus on it. Yeah, um, very, very light on citrus. I don't really pick it up. John I get, mentioned I lemon. Get, I get I got lemon. I get lemon, but I had a lot of I I think I had more of the bottom of the can. I had a lot of sediment in my glass. I had quite a bit of sediment Did you? too. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I like Chris. Uh, definitely Listen. something. Um, I'm gonna pack it up and mail it to you because you deserve this beer. Hey, it's really I, good. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, yeah. I this and then um, the new beer, the new canned beer from Lagunitas, which we'll have probably next week, Paul. Um, the twelfth of Never are my f- two favorite. Bring to a party, crank down a couple of them and love life because mm-hmm. both of them are great flavored beers. I still, I, I'm so I love that you got us uh, that Trogs big can. What was that? Oh, it was so good. Oh. Trog, you know, like oh, at it. nimble giant, nimble giant. Yes. Oh, it's so good. I've been craving it so hard. <laughs> like I'm like when I was building my six pack because I built the six pack because you know I got bad news at work, <laughs> and I was like, you know what I could meet? You know what I need? A tall boy, tall boy yeah. <laughs> of just a good IPA. Oh, if there was only Nimble Giant still out. And then I was looking for the 2X IPA, because that comes in a tall boy. It hasn't reached our area yet. It's not. I, it's yeah, not I can't out. find it. I ask, I, ask the, I ask the Cerdo distributors every single week, and they, as soon as they see me. That was going to be your summer beer. I know. Summer's <laughs> over. Uh, Southern Tier is fucking with us, <laughs> because they keep putting it up on like their Instagram, uh-huh. like, it's out, guys, like, it's coming soon. It's Deuces, out. late guys. Deuces. Uh, look what we're enjoying, and it's them at, at a freaking baseball game with a can of it. And I'm like, come on, I can't get it anywhere. You talked about it in May coming I, out. No, because they've been doing mm-hmm. it. Uh, no, it's been 
driving me crazy. It's been such a hot, muggy summer. It would have been great to be drinking that. Well, here's the thing is we'll we'll do uh, Boom Sauce next, Paul, and then you can say, well, I can just always go get some Lord Hobo, Tall yeah. Boys. Uh, yeah. Did we review Nimble Giant? Or? No, no. We just had it at no, your, had that. Your, uh, your rehearsal dinner. Yeah, it... It was, oh man, it's such a good beer. Yeah, my last day of work, I'll definitely be drinking, uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to buy them when they come out, and then I'll be drinking those out in the parking lot. I would. And then start throwing the cans up against the building. (laughs) I'm glad nobody at work listens to this. You need to bring a hockey stick and then just like slap shot them. Oh yeah! Yeah! I crush them into puck size. Crush them into puck size. Uh, And that will get us into the news. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, which, uh, not a lot of news coming out of this week. Have um, there been any changes to the Magnum board bracket? Like, did they find money somewhere? Did I get more points? No. No. Oh, okay. uh, there was I want, some... I wanted to be the dark horse in this one. <laughs> they did find $20 in a uh, theater after, uh, one, after Suicide Squad, uh, but uh, just the bellhop. You know, the theater person just decided to keep pocket that, so that money did not go towards the that kid. Did not go to uh, Why would it, like, oh, geez, somebody left this. Let's send it to the movie. Yeah, dear movie, <laughs> I found not this. I found this in you. <laughs> yeah, that didn't happen. I'm just saying. So uh, they didn't find more money. No. And tagging on to uh, some of those that movie news is <laughs> Paramount Studios is uh, reeling after this summer. Uh, well, that they, makes sense that Paramount sent that letter to the movie theater. I was like, that was our 20 bucks. <laughs> that was 20 bucks. Uh, so after having so many bombs in the last couple of years, they are reeling from that, and they're expected to lose about $500 million between this year and next year. Uh, this is with um, The Conjuring, do, Conjuring doing well, but not doing well enough to make millions, hundreds of millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, they spent $100 million on the production of Ben-Hur, and that movie only made $11.2 million. Well, they should have realized it was Ben-Hur. <laughs> Who's seeing Ben-Hur in 2016? I, yeah. If I'm seeing Ben-Hur in 2016, it's actually just going to be the original yeah. Ben-Hur, because I haven't watched it in like 20 years. Uh, and that's also with uh, Ninja Turtles not bringing in the, the bucks that it needed to, and even Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Uh, money spent on those franchises, on their sequels, and not recouping enough money to keep everything running. I don't understand why they thought Star Trek would do better than it has been. It's in the it, past? But, yeah, it's been a no uh, like $80 million it, maybe it, opening here, weekend. Here's why. Beastie Boys in the trailer. Well, that was the first trailer, or the first movie. This had... No, uh, it, was, it was this one. Uh, again? Beastie Boys again in the trailer? Yeah. Sabotage yeah. again, and I, I knew they brought in the guy from uh, the Fast and Furious movies. So, and Fast and Furious has been doing well, but I don't think there's big crossover between the Fast and Furious fans and the Star Trek fans. No, but they're actually going to be doing a crossover with those guys and Transformers. Oh, yeah, and over at IDW, the Revolution with Rom and Micronauts and uh, yeah. Ghostbusters. Find it all in together. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so they're actually really banking on. Transformers, the next movie to be number five, big, big blockbuster and bring in some big money for them. Well, uh, if not, Marvel, get your checkbook out. 
and get ready to buy those Hasbro rights away from uh, Paramount. Uh, I think you probably are going to this with with what's going on with the amount of money being spent and what's being recouped. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to start seeing maybe some falls of these big corporations. I mean, we saw it with Sony. You know, Sony was having problems last year. We got mm-hmm. that with the all those email leaks and everything. New Line Cinema went away after The Hobbit didn't do so well because. Lord of the Rings saved New Line Cinema, and then it took them so long to figure out, oh, right, we have nothing else other than the Lord of the Rings. And then they're like, oh, let's do the Hobbit movies. Well, they were also stuck in um, lawsuits yeah. with the Tolkien family. Oh, jeez. So, yeah. It's, uh, Miramax went under, right? Is yeah, Miramax, no, Miramax just kind of got folded into... Yeah, it was part of another studio. Mm-hmm. And that was the Miramax, I believe, was run by the Weinstein, and now it's yeah. the Weinstein Group. Yeah. Well, um, Miramax was owned by Disney. Okay. Oh, okay. But yeah, now the Weinstein's they separated from it, and now they just have their own company. The Weinstein's ran Miramax then. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you're saying look for another shutting down of a, or a absorption of this company into somebody I, else? I think I think they might. It, it might happen. They're probably going to lose or sell off the rights to uh, make any sequels to Star Trek or Ninja Turtles or any of those. After you brought this up, I actually just did a quick Google search because I didn't know what movies Paramount had come out with at all. Um, and there's like a few articles out there right now that's like Viacom is standing by Paramount, um, like the people that they have in charge. Like they're just saying it's like a weak time for them, but they're uh, they're going to hold on. Yeah, yeah, they've been trying to sell forty nine percent of their stake in the studio, Viacom. <laughs> that, that's what it, like the, in the bottom of this article that I you know I was basing my information from. Like, yeah, I, I could see them shuttering those IPs, like just sell off the IP, year rights to those IPs, and then uh, I, I, I do you think do you think Marvel would want to buy Hasbro's rights? Uh, I don't think so. That was a rumor after they bought out Marvel. Like, what's next? I think they've, Marvel's got their own stuff going on right now. They don't need to really try to factor more into it. I yeah. think anything else they try to throw away is just going to be too much to juggle. And there's, they're spending money on IPs that are making money. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, man, if we buy these other IPs, there's already a big history behind them. and. Mm-hmm. Try to do you reboot them? Do what do you do with them? I think it would just be more money loss than possibly gain. The Transformer movies keep on making money. I I don't understand why. Yeah, people people like them though. So you know, in that one, you can just fold into that mar that uh, Disney line. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. More more toys for boys, which is something that Disney's always looking to do. I think they're okay now with Star Wars and... <laughs> no, I was giving you the motion, Paul, to start going into your next part for the news. Oh. Toys for Boys? Yeah. We got uh, some big... Some board game news. <laughs> Cause, but I wanted to hear what Chris was going to say. <laughs> Cause no, that, that was basically all I had to say there. Oh, but... Yeah, I think I think they're doing okay now. Yeah, They, they got spent enough. their money, they got their results from it. All right. Yeah, with Star Wars and also Marvel. You're right. But uh, neither Star Wars or Marvel. 
We're getting a new Mansions of Madness coming from uh, Fantasy Flight, right? Those mansions, yeah. Fantasy Flight Games is uh, releasing a second edition of Mansions of Madness, which is this crazy Cthulhu game uh, set in that uh, basically the Arkham Horror like branch. So it's uh, Arkham Horror, Eldritch Horror, Elder Sign, Dunwich Ma- Horrors. Yeah, Dunwich Horrors is the overall Lovecraftian horror uh, based board game where investigators go into, guess what, a mansion, and they discover some madness. Not not the 80s group madness. I love madness. <laughs> of course you do. Uh, no, uh, I'm a, a Scott fan. What can I say? <laughs> uh, they, they discover some eldritch horror kind of or uh, some Lovecraftian horror going on that they need to solve. And what's really fun about the game is one person plays the thing that is haunting or is the macabre thing going on in the mansion and you're playing against the people who are investigating the mm. mystery. And it's a fun little play between the two. The only problem with this game that I had when we played it is to set this game up, it takes 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. It is an insane amount of mental work to get this game ready. So much so that when it's time to play the game, you don't give a care. Yeah. <laughs> you don't You don't give a care. Uh, I so I censored myself there. I liked it. Uh, so what Fantasy Flight is doing is they're coming out with an app, a companion app, where it will take care of all of that for you. It'll randomize a game, and you, everybody around the table can play as the investigators. And you just put in what has happened at the end of the turns, and the app will tell you what else to put out on the board, what happens. It will, of course, it will hopefully have some creepy sound effects to add to the mood. Um, will this be a free app? Usually the companion apps are free. So, like, now, will it be free when you buy the game, or, say, since John already has oh, that's a the good game, can he, he just, like, download it, or he, he'll be able he to have to pay for it? I think he'll be able to download it. I'm not sure the price... I'm not 100% sure on the pricing model, but there is a upgrade kit that he can purchase so that he gets any kind of updated rulebook and updated, be like, uh, maybe there's going to be different figures included or different... Like, maybe they change the power sets for some of the characters. Uh, so there is going to be a upgrade module uh, that John will be able to purchase to take his first edition game and make it fully compatible with second edition. And uh, John, then being the, the other person in the room that we're talking about, is that something you're interested in? I would do it, because the game itself is fun and interesting, mm-hmm. and I'd love to play it. It's just that mental work is so tough. Like, I say, like, oh, if I know I'm going to want to play this with somebody, I would set it up the day before. Mm -hmm. So then the next day when the people come over to play the game, it's set up, I'm ready to go, and I don't have to work for 45 minutes. Because the last time we played this, the three of us, Mm -hmm. I was setting it up, and you guys were playing another game. Yeah. And then then I think you guys went and watched some TV. And I was... (laughs) And then you're like, you good in there? I'm like, yeah. Uh Oh, assholes. Well, there was... Because we can't help them set up because it, we, it would spoil the game for us. So it's almost like having a a, uh, a session of D&D, Dungeons & Dragons, but you're waiting for the Dungeon Master to actually write the script for the adventure right there instead of, like John's saying, setting it up the night before or as any DM does is, you know, make sure he has everything written out well in advance. Yeah. And... Um, 
Well, I like, but when you're like doing the whole like DM or GM thing, that's part of the fun for you. Is like you're the storyteller. Like mm-hmm. it's the prep work that goes into it. But this game, like you're not even creating the story. You're literally just laying down tiles. Yeah, you're administering the story. Yeah. So I don't think it's like even a far cry from. Yeah. Like, coming. Yeah. So. I'm excited for the app because I'm interested to see how it works. I am too. I, I am looking forward to playing the game with a group of people, getting everybody used to the game because like when I've mm-hmm. when I've played it with you guys or with another group, it's everybody's first time, so you're playing it a little easier on mm-hmm. them so they can get a hang of the game. But then like you want to play it again where you're full force and you're putting demons in that yeah. room or you're knocking things off the wall and the ghosts are coming from all angles and you're making it as hard as you can for the other team instead of making it as easy because you want to play it again yeah, and you want people to understand how to play it. Mm-hmm. So this would make things easier, set up everything that you could play it a couple times, people can get used to it, and then mm-hmm. you as the ghost creature or whatever can play a little harder core because there's lots of times when we've played that I've no I'm not going to do anything this turn mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to move this thing over here yeah. you know and then you play it then as you go so to me it would be make the game a lot more fun for both sides well there wouldn't be a side because the app takes yeah, care of that one everybody yeah. playing mm-hmm. yeah so I, I like that I, I like the idea of you know because man you know, I'm always interested in uh, D&D the, getting those modules just so it's not as much work for the DM. So having an app that takes care of it and everybody can play along seems seems awesome. Seems cool. See, I like creating everything as the DM. Yeah. I like having as the fun with everybody. Not so yeah, I still have fun with everything. Yeah. I love creating all the crazy stuff. You know, watch some... Have you ever... Uh, you know, talking about upgrades for board games. This is, you know, Mansion of Madness getting its second. Have you ever played uh, like a heavily meepled uh, game like Carcassonne? Yeah. And you wish you didn't weren't playing the yellow pieces or blue pieces, but Batman pieces and Superman pieces. I never felt that way, but I'd be interested in playing that way. Yeah, uh, Cryptozoic, who basically holds the board gaming licenses for DC. Uh, they do all the board game stuff. They do the deck builders for DC and everybody. Uh, and Justice League and Teen Titan deck buildings. They're, they're uh, coming out in 2017 and also maybe even December of this year. We're going to get the Cryptozoic uh, villains and in 2017 and the Justice League uh, this December. Uh, so you'll be able to get uh, meeples painted up like uh, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, The Flash. Uh, basically 30 different types of, let's see, yep. 30 different characters. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. Okay, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Yep, 30 different characters uh, made it, painted up, meeples, uh, of both heroes and villains from the DC comic book line. That's pretty fun. Uh, I definitely, I, as a colorblind kind of person, or color difficulty kind of person, I'd rather play with Batman meeples, so I know all my Batman are mine. Like yeah. Flash. They're in the uh, they're in the classic meeple pose, which is the arms out, legs out, small head. And they're in classic okay, costumes I, too. I, I don't know what these things are. I'm sorry, I don't want to say it before in the pre-show because I felt out of loop. But what are they called? Meeples. Meeples. They're the wooden tokens that are shaped like humans. You know, uh, that are and it's supposedly short for my people. 
So it's it's the player pieces that you played. Let's see what game you would have played oh, that okay, would have had yeah, people's. You know, you know there's a little wooden like hands out, feet out, little head people instead of uh, the plastic pawns that used to be the round head and then just a kind of a uh, straight body. So made uh, made famous in I think Carcassonne. There we go. But now you can get them paid it up. They, there's different. Meeple Source does a bunch of different ones. Uh, there's a bunch of different ones out here, but Cryptozoic having them. And these are going to be in collector bags, though. Like, they're going to come three in a bag, and you can, like, basically... They kind of like blind bag? Yeah, blind or? bag, yeah. Which is kind of annoying, but I'm interested, to. I don't know. I, I like out. blind box stuff, though. Oh, you can... I would like to have them around just so, like... They won't fit in any of my games. Like they won't. It won't make sense to play with these in any of my games. But no, still to have. Yeah, it'd be cool. Just a collector set mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Yeah, and that's all the news I had. <clears throat> other than the Netflix stuff, I went on. I Zootop- have nothing. Zootopia coming out. That's kind of fun. It's fun. <laughs> September twentieth. It's a great movie, and I loved it. Supergirl, uh, uh, September thirteenth, season one, Galavant. Getting saved or brought back. Uh, well, so, Galavant. I'm looking forward to the fact that Galavant's going to be available for me to rewatch and mm-hmm. probably other people to see for the first time. And I'm hoping this is something that does spring forth into them getting another season because that show is so much fun. Yeah, September 7th we're going to get seasons one and two because uh, they had it unlocked on the abc.com on abc.com before season 2 came out you could get caught up but man that website not the most intuitive to get to this to the episodes a lot of them are really hard yeah and they so. just like um, they get locked in commercials and mm-hmm. you watch instead of like if you're watching like uh, hulu it gives you a timer it says mm-hmm. in the corner like one of three on these apps like the wb app was really bad about it is you would watch like 10 minutes of the same commercial just repeating, 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 repeating. Yeah, that and then finally it would click back over to the show. But it just wasn't set up well enough to do, you know, to have that mark to do it. Because then if you exited out of the app and then went back in, it would like start from the beginning and then you'd have to fast forward, forward to like the mark you were at and then sit through that many commercials the commercials would play again so it was really an, it was really yeah, annoying that's how abc's app was too like you try to fast forward but you'd have to hit every commercial break first yeah yeah so hey at least it'll be on netflix where you pay for the right not to watch those commercials <laughs> you do all right and i do what what else is going on guys what else is going on how about our next beer and as I said earlier, Paul and I are drinking Boom Sauce from Lord Hobo Brewing. This is a 7.8% beer. Comes in a tall boy can, mm-hmm. four packs. It is good mm-hmm. uh, for 7.8. Pretty smooth. It's smooth. It's got a hint of sweetness to it on the mid palate, and but it's got that drying sensation, man. Does have. It's it, not a refresh. It's not that refreshing. It's so. it's not, and it's definitely not as refreshing as Hobo Life, the mm-hmm. session beer. It almost feels like they took that session and then just stretched it out with all those flavors and everything, mm-hmm. and that's what you're drinking now is this 
stretched from 4.8 to 7.8 because you can tell it's a well-crafted beer. It's got those flavors, but it's not, it's not, everything's not working super well together like Hobo Life. Yeah, it's, it's it's okay. It's still good. It's It's still drinkable. Um, I actually like steal this can better. I kind of was going to do, I wanted to do all three of what we can get out mm-hmm. here, but the store I went to um, was out of uh, steal this can. Steal this can. Ah, somebody, somebody took it literally. Uh-huh. Uh. Chris, what are you drinking? Um, my beer is from over at Ale Smith, mm. and this is Old Numbskull, their barley wine ale. How hot it, is it there? It's not that hot today. Okay, because I'm like, oh, barley wine in the middle of summer. Did no, but also I'm I'm in the air conditioning, so it's a nice like seventy five in here. I think it's Ugh, still too hot. Uh, is that? Did they start <sighs> doing those in twelve ounce bottles, or are you drinking a big bomber of it? No, I'm drinking a bomber of it. Oh, <laughs> it's so good. Chris, no work today. Yeah, it's <laughs> no, like Chris, you... Chris works at six, <laughs> so I have like five hours. All but, right. um, Paul, I think you will love this. Uh huh. It's. I mean, first of all, it's a barley wine ale, and you like those now. But also, man, it's got that nice like, English tea on the front there. Ooh, it's a good barley wine. This is really good. Like, I had to look it up on Untapped, because after I took my first sip of it, I was like, okay, this is really good. We had to have had this before. And I never logged into it if we did, but... I'm going yeah. to see... I'm going to find out when or where I have. Okay. This is just fantastic. Um... I believe this was a little bit more expensive. I think this might have been like twelve ninety nine for the bottle. I mean, that's still not a lot, but yeah, it sounds it. it sounds worth it. I'm excited to do this. Oh, it's nice, like kind of like caramely on the nose. Oh wow! You know what? I have I they, ha- they have a bunch of this over at my beer store. I think I will go buy at least like two more bottles of it just to, like sit on until like. There's a week where I didn't get a chance to go buy something mm-hmm. or just, like, try to age it because it's been a while since I've had a barley wine, and this is fantastic. Yeah, I haven't checked into this beer either, uh, which is crazy because I know that, Chris, you and I have had this beer. It might have been one of those times where we bought something for the show and then where we drank it just sitting around the kitchen table together. Because I know I've had stuff from Alesmith, but I honestly don't remember what. Speedway Stout. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The the coffee stout from them, which I think is up there as one of the best. Um, but yeah, we'll have to do. As soon as it gets a little cooler, we'll do the old numbskull. Or just Paul, turn up your AC. Yeah, get it, enjoy it, because this is really good. I'm glad I bought this now. Yeah, and we won't rush you. Just you just drink that for the rest of the show. We'll do, we'll, Cause my, the other beer that I have, because I didn't know if we were going to be doing two or three, um, I picked up this year's Pumpkin, so I can easily just wait on that oh, one. Oh, yeah, yeah, wait, wait, wait on that. Wait and we'll do it together. Yeah. That's, that's I mean, delicious. You guys talked about it enough last week where I was like, yeah, I want it. I want to go to that event. Yeah, me too. That's that the brewery. Good. The 23rd, right? I thought you said 24th. 24th. You did say Saturday. 24th. Saturday, the 24th at noon. But hey, I'm gonna take the day off. comic books. Comic books. Hey, oh, Chris, uh, we just heard about your beer. Now let's hear what you think Paul is going to pick. <laughs> ah, I saw it coming for the list. 
I never know which way it's going to go. And this is the list for August 31st. Yes. yes. This is the fifth week event, so you know there's very little out there. So this is the time where I'm like, hey, I used to enjoy that book for like three or four issues. Let me go check it back out. And it might be a book that I accidentally subscribed to on Comixology, and I might have them all sitting there and just not realize <laughs> it. So I made sure I don't subscribe to books. Even if it's a book I buy monthly and have bought for years, I will not subscribe to it. I think this is one of those books. So I'm looking forward to paying for or catching back up on Nova, and this is Nova number ten. And I'm paying an absorbent amount of money because it's a Marvel book, three ninety nine. Uh, so I'm going to definitely have to rebalance my comic book purchasing habits a little bit better here. Or just subscribe from Nova. Yeah. Uh, so I'm. I just want to check in with Sam, see how he's doing. He's apparently the last Nova. Uh, his dad is missing again because we learned that his dad wasn't his dad. He was some sort of uh, yeah. When we picked shifter, you picked. I mean, you picked up the number one mm-hmm. out of this. We all really enjoyed it. I would actually like to see what's going on too. I, I enjoyed the series, so I'll, I'll let you borrow all those books. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I'm surprised it's only on issue ten because in Marvel double shipping is a thing quite a bit. Uh, this is Sean uh, Sean Ryan writing art by uh, Corey Smith, but cover art, Chris, hey, uh, hey. from Berta Ramos. Ooh. Hey! Uh, so, uh, you know, I just want to check up on uh, on Nova because this, because it's a like, um, it's almost like a Kyle Rayner if Kyle Rayner was only like 13, 14. I think maybe in the book he's supposedly like 10 or 11, but I think he's acts more like he's 14. I think so. He's uh, angsty. Yeah, he's angsty. He's it's, a kid. It's a good series. It's a good thing to get back into, because mm-hmm. you've enjoyed off and on this character. Yeah, I've enjoyed... I, I was going to phrase that in such an ugly way. I enjoyed the younger characters over at Marvel. Oh. Just gross sounding. Uh, no, but, you know, um, with Miss Marvel, Nova... <laughs> Spider Gwen, John, stop giving me all the eyebrow movement and like not giving the hubba hubba eyebrows. Mm-hmm. No, and nodding my head because they seem like they're they're telling their own stories. They're not tied up with everything else that's going on. So uh, Nova number ten. So I can stop looking at John. <laughs> Chris, what are you looking forward to? Uh, well, the book that you're looking forward to is kind of something that I'm looking forward to, because it's another young hero living in the Marvel Universe, oh. and your character is actually appearing in my book. And this is Spider-Man number seven. Um, this is Miles Morales? This is the Miles Morales Spider-Man, and this is a Civil War II crossover, where it's um, the Miles Morales Spider-Man, Nova, and Miss Marvel kind of taking in everything that's going on around them, because this is like their first big huge like hero versus hero crossover so mm-hmm. they're kind of just taking inventory of their lives and what it means to be a hero yeah in the marvel universe um and Spider-Man also is a book I've, I've been enjoying i i keep reading it. i like it uh but it hasn't been something i've picked i think since maybe issue number two because i really dug number one because this book is fantastic um this is written by oh i'm looking out brian michael bendis art by Sarah Pacelli. It's fantastic. This is my Spider-Man book now, I think. Oh, Sarah Pacelli. And that's saying something, because the Prowler is appearing in this like month's version of uh, Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, wearing the suit. Yeah. 
one of the Prowler. Also, they also, you know, know, as the younger characters, they had to take stock in all the superheroes dying and bequeathing them absolutely nothing. Pretty much. Did you hear that uh, spoiler alert? Bruce Banner's dead? Yeah. And in the issue of The Fallen, they apparently, uh, Matt Murdock reads his will. And he leaves uh, somebody Jimi Hendrix's guitar <laughs> without any mention of how he got it. No. Just, I imagine being the Hulk's like being drunk. Where you just, yeah. like, go on vendors and then you wake up with all this other stuff. Well, it's like you just wake up somewhere and you're like, I gotta get out of here. That's a nice guitar. Yeah. Uh, my book for the list is a book that I've picked Many, many, many times. Uh, we started this series, Paul and Chris being extremely excited about this book coming out. Oh, wow. And Paul hating it. And me probably. loving it so much that I can pick the book up. And this is Saga. Oh, I still hate this book so hard. I don't know how... Well, right. we've, we've, we've discussed this. Uh, I'm just trolling at that point. <laughs> Number 37. Good to know. Brian K. Vaughn. Uh, I can't think of what's her name's name now because of Paul. Well, I did not I know do anything. No, you, but like you said, you, I don't know, I forgot her name. It's You're okay. a Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I still love this book. It is still just powerhouse of an awesome book. Beautiful looking. The story is just, it just, I, I don't see where there's an end for this book. It just keeps continuing on. In this great pace, in this great story, and I love it. This is something that I would subscribe to and not be angry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I'm like, oh hey, I I should I have books. several issues right now because I've been kind of saving up issues and reading them through in one yeah. big plow. Um, no, that's what I did with Saga too. Is I saved up a bunch of issues and then actually when I was flying to or from your wedding, I can't remember. Uh, I I sat down and I read them all and I was like. I can't believe I just burned through all of those so fast. And it was awkward. Okay, no, it was because it was when I was flying back because there was a kid sitting next to me on the plane. And then you're like, like, hey, look at these space boobs. How do I explain this giant dragon's ejaculate? <laughs> hey, little kid. Um, yeah. It's okay because they need it. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, Caitlin was wearing a uh, lion cat t-shirt that I bought mm-hmm. her. And um, she said she was somewhere, and somebody came up to her and was like, I like your shirt. She's like, thank you. I've uh, never met a Saga fan before. I, I was at work, and I saw a girl with a lion cat um, tattoo on her leg. And I was like, I'm sorry. I know people with tattoos hate when people comment on their tattoos, but I like your lion cat. And she was like, oh, my God, thank you. Nobody's ever commented on that one. I was like, oh, my God, I'm glad to be the first, because I like Saga. Wait, people don't like it when people... Wait, why do you have a tattoo... Huh? I'm confused by the whole tattoo culture thing. Wait, so... See, I don't have any tattoos, but I have a lot of friends that are tattooed or, like, heavily tattooed. Uh-huh. And it's one of those things, like, you get a lot of the same kind of comments or questions oh. daily from people. So it's it like, like being told. Oh, my God, did that hurt? What are they going to look like when you're old? That kind of stuff over and over and over again. So if it's um, a specific my, question my friend, about the tattoo itself, it's okay. Or, yeah. or it, if it's, it's more about just the because uh... I was I was in the car with Caitlin and this dude had a sick it was like a really awesome comic book tattoo and I was like oh man that guy's comic book tattoo is awesome and she was like 
we like your tattoo. I forget. I, I think it was like a, a Watchmen. Like, it was actually a really cool Watchmen one. So she meant like, oh, it's a really cool Watchmen tattoo. And then he was like, oh, man, like, check it all, all the way around. Like, he was like showing it. Like, okay. he was so proud of it. And so I think when people actually get your tattoo or see it, that's cool. That's okay yeah. to mention and point out. It's like, I'm socially awkward, guys. So if you tell me it's not cool to do something that I've probably been doing for years, I just feel like an asshole for the rest of the day. There's a different way to go about it. Like, my friend Jen is heavily tattooed. And people will come up to her and start, like, touching her back because she has a full back piece. And that's what? never okay. Yeah. Like, don't don't Wait. do that. But I don't feel happens, comfortable touching anybody. It so often enough that it's a thing where she's like, I hate when people do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's bizarre. I don't, I don't like touching people. Why would you want to touch somebody's no, back? My wife's got a lot of tattoos and... You know, uh, mostly people just say, oh, that's really interesting. What is that? And she's like, that's my grandma on my foot. Because mm-hmm. it looks like a locket, almost. Like a locket. Well, it's supposed yeah, it's like to... A, like a cameo, kind of. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. supposed to be a cameo. Because her grandma other always wore those. Mm-hmm. So she has that, her grandma's face in one of those. Mm-hmm. That's what it's called, a cameo? Not a locket? It's not a locket. It's a, like a brooch kind of a thing. Oh, okay. A brooch. Oh, okay. Good. Hey. See, we're, we're just throwing out so much interesting information this episode. <laughs> yeah. John's looking forward to Saga. I'm looking forward to Saga. It's okay to comment to on... It's okay to comment on somebody's tattoo as long as it's a specific thing about their actual tattoo, not a general question about tattoos in general. Yeah. Okay. Or you're like, oh man, that's really, really cool colors you used in that. Or, I like, I found Waldo. It's right, he's right there by your weird birthmark. He's hiding behind the birthmark. <laughs> what a weird tattoo to get. But now, now that I'm thinking about it, like that's kind of awesome. <laughs> uh, you know What's what? Next, Couple I don't know. I, I think and, we need to get dramatic. And now, oh, geez. it's me. A dramatic reading from Darwin's Cooks, Richard Park, Richard Stark's Parker series: colon. The Hunter, page 43, panel 3. Yeah, I don't see no gun. I don't see no weapon. You see two of them. They're all I need. And that was a dramatic reading from Darwin Cook's Richard Stark's Parker series, colon, The Hunter, page 43, panel 3. I tried so hard to make sure that the... I, I, my knuckle cracked. I think, I think you got it. Picked up. I think you got it. I cracked I my knuckles. Crack my knuckles. Like, I'm trying now. I'm really good at cracking Nothing. my knees. My knees pop my knees like crack like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's always surprising, you know, because I just started running. Um, whenever I crack my knee while running, so I'm like, oh, shoot, did something happen? <laughs> like, nope, nope, just normal crack. But when I run, it's, it's my, my knees sound like uh, breaking celery, just mm-hmm. that creaky <laughs> noise. Uh, that They also sound that way when I just stand up uh-huh. from sitting position. Mm. A lot of hard times on these knees. A lot of biking. So, John, this is your baby. This is my baby. Uh, so to get, in, main topic. to get into our main topic, uh, something fun I thought uh, we could do was look at the pilot series from Amazon. And a uh, very interesting from Amazon, 
they'll create three or four pilots. They put them up free to watch. People then vote on them. Whichever ones get the most likes, Mm -hmm. they actually turn into a series. So this pilot series uh, caught my attention because the tick came onto this. And the tick on Amazon has actually been talked about for the last, I think, four years. We talked about it in the news (laughs) years ago. And Patrick Warburton was actually going to come back and mm-hmm. reprise his role as the Tick. And I think that's what spoiled me in this. <laughs> well, quick question before we get further into the Tick. What other shows have they launched with this that have carried the, on that I might know about? The Man I know the they High do Castle? this, but the, I cannot tell you any show. The Man in the High Castle. Um, was, Tran- was Transamerica? One or was that an original series that just they did, um, or was that part of their pilot program as well? It's a uh, transparent. Oh, Paul, not Transamerica. Not, not Transamerica, and that Chris, uh, if you don't know that, um, that is uh, that stars Jeffrey Tambor. Jeffrey from Tambor, Arrested Development fame. Yeah, love Jeffrey Tambor. Uh, he's also in Tangled. Oh, really? What's his? What's uh, he does one of the bad guys, like the kind of like villainous characters that's in the snuggly duckling oh okay he's singing the song oh really he's got scars and lumps and bruises paul Mm. well and uh, that oozes well in in uh transparent his dream is to live he's born genetically male but he has a dream to live as a woman so he's uh going under operations to become uh, a, a, a woman. Yeah. He's a trans. He's a transgendered person. And this is uh, second and season is out. I know there's a third season coming. This has like a 97 on Rotten Tomatoes. It's won uh, Golden Globes. Jeffrey Tambor for best actor, best supporting actor, Red Golden Globe, and uh, Critics Choice Awards. It's an award win. It's an internet award award winning film franchise or television franchise. Uh, so something to look into. Another one is The Man in the High Castle. Um, I couldn't get into the series. Mm. I watched the first episode; just wasn't for me. It sounded like an episode of Sliders. <laughs> it does. Uh, it, it it is basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that's got a second season out, um, but that again, like, it's a ninety-five on Rotten Tomatoes, eight point seven out of ten on TV.com, eight out of ten on uh, IMDb, like. Mm-hmm. Where the people vote for good shows, it's got the votes. This seems interesting to me because it's based off a, a Philip K. Dick novel of the same name. Uh, and this is basically present-day America, but we lost World War II. So the Nazi Party is occupying or is the government of the United States of America. Yeah. And it's taking place, like, everything is, like, it's supposed to be taking place in the 50s or 60s but it still it feels like the 20s really never went farther or the 40s never went farther than that um the other interesting thing is one of the main characters wait so it isn't present day i thought it was present day like they extrapolated out no it's it still feels like things haven't progressed at all Mm -hmm. Uh, and then there's a person who I can't remember if they watched a video or they had a dream or something. They saw they watched a movie mm-hmm. where America won the war, and they mm-hmm. realize that something is wrong with this world. Oh. And then they're trying to fight against that. And um, 
so it, it does have some very interesting things. Uh, other other shows is The Bosch, which is a police detective series, Mozart in the Jungle, uh, Mad Dogs. Lots they've had lots of other shows that are doing well, that are mm-hmm. highly rated, highly, highly touted. Rated. Uh, so we're going to be looking at two series: uh, The Return of the Tick. I don't think either of these two series will be that highly touted or highly rated or highly awarded. And then we're... we're <laughs> I'm just saying. We're watching uh, John-Claude John Claude Von Johnson. Uh, so we'll, <laughs> we'll be taking a look at those two uh, shows. Uh, Which both, uh, both pilots are free to watch on Amazon. Free to watch on Amazon. It made me sign in with my Amazon login, which I didn't remember because I haven't bought anything in a while. But it should be the uh, same as your because you cl- you did it, you signed up with uh, your Amazon account on on Comixology, didn't you? So shouldn't it be the same no, as that? No, because I, I signed on with Comixology like yeah. before, yeah, and I linked it, but they're still separate. But people should go to begnamore.com slash Amazon. In order yeah. to do all of this, right? Do that. Yeah. That's the thing. Uh, <laughs> if you have Amazon Prime, the episodes are up on there, free to watch. Um, Which I always forget there's free things to watch on Amazon Prime because it's just something – I do it for the shipping. Yeah. They have they have some good series and good movies up there that aren't on, like, Netflix or yeah. Hulu or stuff. Like uh, Hot Pursuit starring uh, – what's her name and uh, – what's her name? What's her name? Hi. Renee Zellweger and uh, and what's her name? And the girl from Modern Family. What's her name? I I don't know. Yeah, no, no, we don't need to know. We need to know about the tick that stars what's his name, which who always puts me off. I always get an Peter Serafanowitz. Yeah, Peter Serafanowitz. I, I like him. You like I him? Love, I love him. I do. I always I'm always put off by him because he's always playing like a a, a sneaky guy. He's always a just a a rat think. Not always. He plays those parts good. He was the voice of Darth Maul. Oh. Uh, no, but like... Um, Wait, in the animated... In Clone Wars? The, no, the movie. <laughs> He's the voice of Darth oh. Maul, really? Oh. He goes, yes, sir. <laughs> like, he does that. <laughs> like, all three lines. They just couldn't have Rafe Parks do that. Uh, he was on... Um, uh <laughs> Five minute. I, I can't. Uh, he was on Parks and Rec. Um, he was also on that. Uh, what was it called? Going Wild. It was a Fox TV show. Uh huh. Oh my god. Already don't care. No, it was great because oh, it, oh, it started. It started. Like Will. Shaun of the Dead, though. Yeah, but he plays. He plays Pete. Yeah, the jerk. The uh, one that gets shot right away. I'm sorry. Like the older I get, the more I can completely understand Pete. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's trying to sleep. <laughs> That's all. Remember that that time? Yeah, he is pretty fun. That was seven years it was ago. Four o'clock in the funking morning. <laughs> Last time I watched uh, Shaun of the Dead, it was censored. Mm. Um, Running Wild was him, Will Arnett, and uh, Carrie Russell. Which that show was hilarious. I love that show. I felt bad. That oh, it, I I did watch that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I made you watch it. You did. Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, but anyways, he stars as the titular Tick in the Tick series. He's, which, he's got the title line. Mm-hmm. Uh, this show stars Griffin Newman, 
Valerie Curry, who are all just young young actors and actresses. Uh, the only other person who's really a name in this is uh, Jackie Hurley, who plays the Terror, who's a classic villain from the Tick cartoon and even the Tick mm-hmm. uh, first live action show from Fox, yep. who appeared in episode nine. Did you look that up? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is a world that has superheroes and supervillains in it. Um, some of them have been murdered off by the terror. The terror in this world has gone underground. Uh, the only person, Arthur, mm-hmm. who's the only person who believes that the terror is still out there, and he runs into the tick. Uh, it's a good setup episode. Yes. I felt more of a connection to the original Fox series. Which I used to own on DVD. <laughs> yeah, I think I still do. I, I still do. I, and I watch it on Netflix every once in a while or wherever I get it for free. It, uh, it took me a little bit to get into the show, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't until we actually get Peter Serafinowicz as the tick that I was like, okay, I'm, I'm completely into this. Because... My initial thoughts going in were, like, Patrick Warburton was the perfect tick. Mm-hmm. Like, he just, he had that stature, just like that, almost like deadpanness that kind of was like, well, he believes what he's saying because that's just how he talks. Like, yeah, it, it makes sense. That voice has that gravitas that makes you feel mm-hmm. like, yeah, when he says chum, he actually means chum. But exactly. there was a silly cartooniness to him, uh-huh. too. And then, like, when I saw the stuff about... Um, Peter Serafinowicz as the Tick. I was like, oh, well, he doesn't look like the Tick. Like, and that was a huge detractor for me before going into this. But then, as soon as I started actually watching it, I was like, oh, he he completely sells it. Like, he believes every single word he's saying because there's a sincerity to it that I don't think you got for Patrick Warburton. It yeah, it's two sides. Like the Warburton was a little more dim-witted crazy mm-hmm. yeah. where Sir Finnis is is believing in fate and victory when and destiny we're not gonna lose we're the good guys when destiny speaks she speaks to me yeah <laughs> it, that that's completely what turned this around for me and then as soon as like he went away and we're focusing back on Arthur I was like oh but I like I like the tick now <laughs> Um, but it's very much we are Arthur in this like he's our entry level character like you're seeing the world through his eyes uh, which I think is smart but man I, I wanted a little bit more tick and I can't fault this show for the way it's done because this is very much a product of kind of what we've shown like this is the tick in that dark and dirty action superhero movie universe now yeah. Um, this was actually written and created by Ben Edlund, who did create The Tick, like, years ago. This is his baby. Uh, what I think is awesome is, I don't have his name here, but the person that directed this episode was actually the director of photography on Inception and all of the Nolan vs. Batman movies. <laughs> yeah, Wally um, Fister. Fister. Yeah. yeah, so this, this has pedigree to it, and I, I think that's awesome. It's. I think this. Uh, we're, since we're more hanging out with Arthur, and they definitely play Arthur as a troubled kid or a troubled young man, you know, because he uh, 
Reasonably so. Yeah, but reasonably they're also, so. They're also playing it as is is the tick in his mind that's, or is he real? That's where I was going. Exactly. Uh, because you see in a flashback scene uh, as a young boy when he sees his dad get crushed by the uh, Fab, Fab five, five, the superhero, five. the Flag Five, uh, that uh, was a superhero team in Brooklyn that was battling uh, Doctor the or Terror, the Terror. Not the Doctor Terror, but the Terror. Uh, uh, get killed by the Terror uh, after squashing his dad accidentally. Uh, you see him like laying down in bed trying to sleep, and a blue nightlight is like talking to him. And you're like, oh, well, blue in the same voice. But this is him remembering that. Yeah, it's that. a dream. Yeah. It's him remembering that. So is the voice that voice, or is it that voice because he just talked to the yeah. tick? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's kind of a fun play. Like, is it? Yeah, is it him or is it? Well, that's why you like Macbeth. Yeah. See, uh, I, but I think I, it's I, the I thought that would have been a fun twist for it. Almost like that Wilfred kind of like, oh no, this is all in his head. Like he's mm-hmm. literally going crazy. Until like the next scene, they cut to the tick back at the like the scene of the crime, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. But you're still at a point where. Arthur could have gone back uh-huh. and done that. You know, like, he could have gone back and done that. But did he? No, I don't believe so. But could he? You mean, yes. like, Fight Club? Like, yeah. where he then, he goes to, quote-unquote, oh, spoilers for Fight Club. He, <laughs> he quote-unquote, sleeps, and uh, the tick, Tyler Durden, goes and does what he needs to do. Because the tick doesn't make his move on those men until Arthur is being dropped off back at home. Mm-hmm. So he could have gone back. And the tick disappears when he's all by himself and he gets arrested. So it could be played either way. I'd rather it be the tick is real. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because I want... I do want more tick. I, I want th- more tick and I want those diner scenes. You know, that's that's what well, I loved yeah, but in this... the original... Well, in the not the original animated series, but in the you know live action series on Fox, the... Diner scenes between Batman, Will, American Maid, and The Tick, and Arthur. But this, again, you don't want to copy what's previously yeah. come before. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a good but version. Is it, is it copying when you still have like the same person behind it all, or is it just kind of, that's what he does? Telling that story that he wants to tell. Yeah. And I think he's going to be, he's going to do it a bit differently. You're not going to totally copy it, but you are going to have those moments and those people who are going to be close to those characters I'm a fan of the cartoon I have uh-huh. the first two seasons on DVD Chairface Chippendale I think is just a great I villain I love the moon uh, <laughs> I would love to the thing with that though let's, let's talk about in the animated series I'm sorry I have to bring this up because it's been boiling in my mind for years that Cha that he He's going way too big, too fast oh, on the so, moon. There's no way he's fitting chair face on the moon with that font size. Oh, yeah. There's no way. What's he doing? That's, that's half the fun. Because if he did do it, they'd, all of a sudden you'd have cha and then like a little ear. Yeah, on the opposite face. side of the moon that nobody will ever yeah. see is face. Yeah. What's he doing? It's crazy. It's fun. It's, over, it's goofy over the top. Was he going to hyphenate? chair face all of a sudden and I love ever since then they show the moon it still has that like even in like the opening sequence and stuff 
I'm uh, sorry, Chris. You probably did not care that I've had that rant waiting in me for 12 no, years. No, that's, that's okay. You, well, no, you've been sitting on it for years. But you have those moments like 6, 6.15, the alarm clock goes off. Alarm clock is, you know, you know, stopped by Arthur getting out of bed with the tick and all that stuff. Like, mm-hmm. it had those moments from the cartoon in the show. It's all tied together. It all is the same verse, but it is... I do feel like a little more grown-up version okay. of what we've gotten from the cartoon and the live-action series before it. I it think, was uh, rated uh, TV-14. Yeah. For graphic violence I'm, and language. I liked this. I'd like to see more of it. I will say, though, I liked John claude Van Johnson more. Mm. Um, I figured we would do this at the end. Yeah. I was just doing that as a segue to get into yeah. um, Van Johnson. Which is funny because a few years ago we had Jean-Claude Van Damme, the movie? You, uh, JCVD. Yeah. JCVD. Um, where he... It's Jean-Claude Van Damme playing Jean-Claude Van Damme in a bank robbery. Which, John, we rented we, this, I think? Yeah, we watched it. We watched it. Yeah. yeah. We talked uh, about it yeah, on the show, really I think. We might have watched it for the show. It could have been. If only we were doing show notes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I, I, I don't want to agree with you just to spoil everything. But, yeah, um, when this started off, I was instantly brought into it. Um, th- and this is the story of Jean-Claude Van Damme, oh. the action movie star who on the side does black ops operations as Jean-Claude Van Johnson. Uh, but he's retired from that life, and he's kind of moved beyond it until he gets brought back in. Um, well, he brings I, himself back in. He, he he brings himself back in because uh, a figure from his past reemerges, and his life's kind of shitty. <laughs> <laughs> All of his plumbing is done with coconut water, though. I don't think that's shitty. Oh, my favorite thing is that oh, the uh, he uh, the woman he had just slept with comes into the bedroom. And it's like, JC, I just took a shower and I'm all sticky. And he's like, it's coconut water. <laughs> and she's like, what? Oh, the plumbing is coconut water. <laughs> she's like, why? Never mind. Let me dry you off. <laughs> and then it goes through his like shitty start of the day where like he gets cleaned up. And then shitty he, or awesomely branded. And and he has like he goes into the bathroom and it's all like J, JCVD products mm-hmm. he's microwaving a pop tart that he just has a cover a cupboard full of mm-hmm. he uh takes a segue to the end of his driveway which isn't far to get the newspaper like his life sucks and people think he's somebody else mm-hmm. uh in nicholas cage <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're not, you have nothing coming out not even on dvd no, I'm retired to retired, not Nicholas Cage retired. Oh, I thought you were Nicholas Cage. That <laughs> was a pretty good line. There's something. It, it, there's a lot of really good lines in this. There's something. Um, there's something wrong with my ramen. No, we serve dry ramen here. It's the place he's at is called Dry Ramen. D R I. That is a pop up experience. Could I get some hot water? No. <laughs> We don't actually have water lines here. <laughs> I I really enjoyed this, and it's so it's a lot of fun. Like it's Jean Claude Van Damme playing the 
de-aged actor Jean-Claude Van Damme, which is probably what I liked out of JCVD whenever we watched that years ago. Um, but it's that extra level that they add with him being like that contractor on the side. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I saw Felicia Rashad show up in this, I was like, okay, Paul's going to like this. Yeah. <laughs> it's got that Cosby bump to it. Uh, who, uh, who is his agent slash black ops agent? Because they use the movies as a cover for him to go do his black ops mission. Uh, this is something that I really loved. And... I'd like to see more of it, but maybe as a direct-to-Amazon or, like, Netflix movie. That's what it feels like to me. I don't know if I could watch a whole series of this, well, there's series, but I want more. The series usually aren't, like, a, you know, at most 13, 12 episodes. Mm-hmm. Like, it wouldn't be a huge thing. Um, but they put the production value behind all of these. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and talking about production value, man... Huck <laughs> looks like a crazy <laughs> awesome movie. Uh, yeah, he he takes the role playing uh, Huckleberry Finn. Huckleberry Finn, and then he's and, got uh, a sexy Tom Sawyer with him. It's, it's the gritty reimagining. And then, uh-huh. and then like this this big white guy breaks in and he's like, "Oh, N word Joe, that's his name, N word Joe, Jim, Jim," <laughs> because that's that's his name in the book. Yeah, but. Yeah, they say N word. You know, like oh, yeah, they say N word. Not, and he's a big white guy. <laughs> no, he's not white. No, John, he's not white. Check, check the uh, oh, contrast man. ratios I, on your television. I, can't, I watched this like two weeks ago. Yeah, but two weeks ago he still wasn't white. <laughs> <laughs> that's the guy he was fighting. No, that's his dad. He's fighting his yeah, dad. That's, that's uh, why yeah. when he. Pa- Poppy, Pappy, and when he comes yeah. in, he says, "Daddy's home." Uh, I wasn't paying attention. The guy that sleeps with Vanessa, or not Vanessa? What's her name? Yeah. Vanessa. Oh, that's Vanessa. okay. Uh, yeah, Foster. Now I remember. I'm sorry. That's Jim. His makeup slash Derek, like recon person, mm-hmm. Darren Todlick, who was also in. Uh, oh no, she was in Till Death, that night, 2006 uh, Fox uh, series. That kind of got spin off of. Wait, everybody. the one with Patrick Warburton? <laughs> yeah. Or no, it was Brad Garrett. Brad Garrett, yeah, from. Uh, They're interchangeable in my mind. I'm sorry. From uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. Since ta- uh, Paul took that break to break up talking about Van Johnson, let's talk about our last beer, Paul. Oh. Uh, this is a brewery that I'm. It's always a little hit or miss mm-hmm. with me, uh, and this is still this is a sour, still water artisanal. And this is their Tangerine Haze. And I read this is an IPA with Tangerine. I missed the wild IPA on this. The wild means sour? The wild means sour. Because it is sour. When you promised me a Tangerine IPA, I was like, oh, I was shocked, but enjoy this. It is still refreshing. You can finish that off because it it is not hitting the spot for me. This is a nice sour. I'm not getting much Tangerine on it. I'm just getting sour all the way through. I'm just not in the mood for this right now. Yeah. You know, it's just one of those the things. The tangerine like, is, like, on the rounded edges of your tongue. Like, it's mm-hmm. not, like, super present, but if you look for it, it's a bit there. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I've been doing a lot of sanding. Uh, we're refinishing the floor You've in my You've been sanding your bedroom. tongue? 
I, so I've been sanding a lot, so I'm kind of got a lot of uh, just junk in my nose, a lot of a lot of dust. I so I'm kind of stuffed up. Um, so I understand. I, think I I'm was not getting the I was here. really looking forward to, and the reason I got this is I saw Tangerine IPA <laughs> from Stillwater, who does make good beer, <laughs> hit or miss. A lot of times I feel like they really deliver when they get a little crazy. My problem is with Stillwater is their bottles don't tell me what I'm buying. It's usually just like a graphic design thing that makes me feel like if I was drunk, it's the last thing I would want to look at. Like, just because it's a really, like, kind of, you know, it's a graphic design thing. And it's like, it kind of hurts my eyes looking at it when I'm sober. So I definitely don't want to look at it when I'm drunk. Um... And then it tells me nothing. Yeah. And, like, yeah, like I said, I missed the wild part yeah. of this, which, again, like, I even if I caught it, I don't know if I would automatically would have went sour. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is. It's a, it's a sour IPA. Uh, I think the beer works. I like it. I don't think I would – I would rate this high. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think they delivered a really good beer. I don't think I'd actively – search it out or go for this beer again mm-hmm. but i think it's really well done um for what it is seven percent drinks pretty smooth uh if you like yeah. sours yeah, yeah it's yeah. worth a try to check it out it was a ten dollar mm-hmm. bottle mm-hmm. which if our from, sour is pretty good and for still water is not a bad price for a bomber <laughs> tasty beer I just wish I was more in the mood for it. Uh, I was not expecting it. Yeah. So, you have John Claude Van Damme, who decides that he wants to get back into the Black Ops game because he wants to reconnect with Vanessa, who is 18 years younger than he is. So? Uh, I just find it a little icky. <laughs> yeah, but she's a grown woman. Yeah, she's 38. He's 56. Okay. I'm just saying. Treat somebody his own age. I'm six years older than my wife. Oh, it's not as icky. <laughs> it's fine. I'm just saying. No, I, I feel like you think it's icky. But she is a grown woman with yeah. a job. Like, she mm-hmm. met me and made the right, you know, made the right choices. <laughs> she didn't make the right choices. This is the only time she's really done something dumb in her life. But I don't think that is a... It's not a huge issue. She was an adult. Right. He's an adult. My wife was, was an adult. Mm-hmm. I'm an adult. Like, we met and things yeah, six happened. Years. Yeah. And even at 18, 18, 18 it 18 still years. isn't a... It's not that icky. She's... She's... She's had a lot of guys between, you know... Whoa. This you know, you're just... Now you're just well, slut-shaming her. She's a spy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. You know, uh, well, when they first introduced her, I'm like, "Oh, this is a flashback." That's really weird that they didn't try to de-age him at all. They do a little bit. You can tell they do. <laughs> they, they put that wig. <laughs> they on. put the wig, and I'm like, "This isn't working at all." And I'm like, "She looks exactly the same age as she does now." Oh, so how young? Well, they put a wig on him. Right. So how young was she? This is where it's icky, John. And it's not because how young was she when she first met JCVD? It, if it was eighteen seem, years ago. It doesn't seem like it was that. She was eighteen. It, it doesn't seem like it was that or twenty that long ago that he was a spy and he did this stuff. 
So it wasn't like it wasn't that. Long it wasn't her a, first case. It wasn't that long of a time. She'd already been around, and uh, I that. That to me is something. I mean, it's just. I'm looking up when Bloodsport came out because 1988. She was born in 78. She was 10 years old when when his first stop was. It's a it's a show, buddy. I don't think. Any anyways, I'm I think just, this is a weird point to get stuck on. It's, it is Paul Nick picking, and I'm sorry, but just that's one scene where it's like him with a mullet, and she doesn't look any younger or any older. You know, just the same age as she is now. The thing and is, him looking is to show the flashback with him the, with the wig, which is an obvious really bad wig. Is so supposed to be funny. So You're bad. supposed to look at that and be like, laugh because it's it's. Funny. It's like when they have the big fight scene towards the end of the episode, and the guy holds back and was like, "No, one at a time. We he don't could run into each other." It gets, <laughs> it gets confusing. confusing. I, she was sixteen when Top Cop came out. Top Cop or Time Cop? Top Cop. Top Cop. Time Cop. Time Cop. Sixteen. Time Cop. It's Top all cop. so tongue in cheek that like you can't nitpick something because there's nothing here that's meant to be nitpicked because it's all so on the face. I guess. I'm just saying, maybe they could have got an older actress. And the fact that John claude Van Damme is so old. He's so ready to totally make fun of himself in this. <laughs> I mean, the fact, like, the the reason I sold that this thing's... It sold me on watching these and to tell you guys like that we should do this mm-hmm. was the fact that I clicked on the trailer for The Tick, and it actually went through all three shows. And it starts with that, in that trailer, of Van Damme going for a split, and he only goes down, like, a little bit, and then gets hit in the face. Which is the opening scene. And I was like, oh, we gotta watch both of these. Mm -hmm. And that's when I texted you guys and was like, hey, show idea. I already put it in the books. It's on our document on (laughs) on our Google Doc. We're doing this. And mm-hmm. frankly, Paul, I didn't think you were going to like either one of these. I knew that these were things that I needed to make Chris watch. <laughs> because me just saying, you should watch these, he'd be like, yeah, I'll get around to it. But I was like, no. That's, that's basically what would have happened because both of these would have been on my like ancillary radar. Where it's like, oh, yeah, that's something I would check out that I never would. Mm-hmm. No, it's a fun show. It's good. I, I that was all nitpicking. And I understand that's nitpicking. It's just a weird thing where it just kept on taking me out of it. And I kept on doing the mental math in my head. I'm like, this just seems weird. You think about any movie. A movie where Tom Cruise is yeah. you know, Mission Impossible. Yeah, he's always... It's he's, so weird. He's, he's It's in always his, weird. He's in his 50s. The woman's in her 20s, the yeah, 30s. it's always so weird. I don't even fucking think about that. <laughs> I really give a shit. I never shit. even noticed that. <laughs> what? It's always weird to me. Think about a Bond movie. Any of those. Like, it's not a thing that... uh, John, you're just making it so Paul's never going to be able to watch another movie again. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I'm going to do it. But it's something that it it doesn't... It doesn't doesn't, doesn't even hit... It's not supposed to even register. Because it's not like the guy's like, here's my new partner, this 10-year-old girl. (laughs) It's not that. They're all adults. It's not like he's with a 14-year-old and he's 56 or 36 or that. 
they kind of do, because if you do the math, it kind of works out where she was only 16. Do you have a problem with me and my wife? No. Okay. When I was 18, she was 12. Yeah. That that's happened then. That Why happened they... then. <laughs> that happened then. That happened then. No. Do you think when I was 18, I was looking at her going like, ooh, yeah. I'm no, the, no. Mm, but the thing is that, with this show. Look at that goalie. Oh, she was a goalie? Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Who, that, that makes it okay. <laughs> Who doesn't want to get with Hope Solo? Uh, what I'm saying is, why don't why don't they just cast a little bit of an older of an actress to make it? Because it doesn't because this is an Amazon show. Yeah, she's attractive. Mm-hmm. She had good chemistry in setting up the show. Who wants to see John Clad Van Damme run around with an old lady? Do you want to see him run around with a fifty-year-old woman? Yeah, yeah, it would work. Helen Mirren, all of the time. Helen Mirren, all hey, the time. It wouldn't have the same effect though, wouldn't it? I'm sorry, it wouldn't. No, Helen Mirren. There's a reason why it's in every single yeah. movie, TV franchise, everything. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. You're, you're watching this for Van Damme. Right. The side actress that they're not, they don't, in a, in a sense, they don't really matter. They're there for the progression of the story. Mm-hmm. You know, the things His just story. pop and go. It's like, it's the mom from the Cosby show. <laughs> she just said the F word. What? <laughs> you know, it's like, oh. It, that stuff. And the Cosby show, she could have said that F word in three different languages. <laughs> but that, like, that's something that doesn't, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's fun when he was finally able to do the split, and he punched the guy right in the nuts. <laughs> right? And he goes back because he left his script. And what I love is all the guys are there just reading the script and like, you know what? This movie is going to be pretty good. It's he, going to be good. He breaks into this place wearing like a beard and a wig and everything. To, everyone thinks he's another guy. Everybody thinks he's for. another guy. And he runs into the guy that looks like him, and then he starts going like, I am you from another time. I'm from the future. No, you're not. You just touched me. You just touched me. What do you mean? Like matter cannot occupy the same space. And they make it's like in Top Cop. Like, if you are me, then what is my favorite time travel movie? Then you know that. What is? What do, do I like better, Looper or Time Cop? Looper? No, Time Cop. Like it's it's so tongue in cheek. It's just so fun. Okay. I. I enjoyed the nostalgia of the tick, but mm-hmm. I loved every single minute of John Claude Van Johnson. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I completely agree. Like I think the tick is something that would work best as a TV series and it's something that if it was airing on actual TV, I I would probably try to keep up on it. John Claude Van Johnson definitely my favorite of the two but i think it would work best as a movie like i don't mm-hmm. see myself keeping up with it episodically and it almost and, and the end of the episode almost feels like an ending for it uh-huh. like it's like oh okay but the thing is is yeah because he calls up i police, so. really want to find out who brown is <laughs> the hitman that john claude van damme took the or the assassin right. or whatever mm-hmm. 
who he took the job from because the guy sounds brutal, but I'd love it for it to be like the guy who plays like the principal on community. Like just something so bizarre and out of out of left field that like that's the guy who's like this He takes it too far. World resound over the top killing assassin. Like just so, it's gotta be something crazy and weird. Uh yeah. Did you I, guys I was actually hoping it would be Jim Brown, but I don't know if he's like still acting at all. Um Carl Weathers. Yeah, I I, I think it good. I to me it's gotta be like somebody you're totally not expecting. I was going for like eighties like you know, and I'm like, oh Predator. So who you know, and I went with Carl Weathers. Um did you guys vote for which one on Amazon? Because that's the thing is you guys I vote. I I didn't because I didn't see an apparent way of how to actually do that. I think you're just supposed to like review it and give it a how many stars or whatever. I watched it on my tablet. I watched it. I watched it on. Um, I watched it on Prime on my PlayStation. Hmm. So I, I just watched it on my desk. Um, yeah, my dad. My dad watched. Uh, he didn't watch um, The Tick. He watched Van, mm-hmm. Van Johnson after I described it to him. He loved it. But, yeah, he voted He voted for it. And because it says, like, what rating would you watch it again? And then it says, like, what other shows do you like watching that would apply to, like, you liking yeah. the show and everything. And so it does It does ask you those things. I would, I would want to watch both of these shows. And, Chris, I think, yeah, like, you're right. Yeah, like... Do you watch a full series of Van Johnson or a full series of The Tick? Which one is it? Which one is a better job, but which one has a better staying power? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, I think I got enough from... Uh, I, yeah, The Tick might be a better series, but I don't know if I'd ever watch it. Because I've gotten enough Tick in the animated series and also, granted, only nine episodes of the Fox series... But I've gotten enough tick already, where JCVD or JCVJ seems interesting, and knowing that it'd probably only be eight episodes, half hour each, it's only three and a half more hours of it, and I'm like, okay, that could work. But you've gotten the movie, the you know, like yeah, yeah. there's a twist with this show. Mm-hmm. I think the writing. I think the writing and the fact that John Clad Van Damme is so okay mm-hmm. with making fun of himself, you know right away the, how like he delivers that line so serious with it's coconut water, you know, like <laughs> it's so bizarre. Yeah. And then he's like, "Oh, the plumbing is coconut water." But it was at that point that actually I turned on the closed captions because I was like, I can't understand what he's saying because he was talking so low mm-hmm. that I needed just like. I needed to actually read along with it. Well, he also, I mean, like, she just woke him up, and he probably gets this a lot. Huh. No, but later on in the episode, too, I was glad that I had the the caption. Yeah, on. he does mumble. I didn't have a problem understanding him. Watching but, it on the tablet, it was yeah, he does mumble some of the lines. But, um, what, I, oh, what was I going to say? I'm sorry, Paul. It's okay. It, um, it probably wasn't, you know, it was something I was going to say. It wasn't going to be anything great. Uh, <laughs> no, oh, oh, I was afraid that this show has the, could have the tendency to get up its own butt, you know, with the whole, you know, Hollywood thing, like, where it's going to be, like, poking fun at Hollywood and poking fun at, you know, the 80s action movies a little too much. And since, you know, I, 
I watch some 80s action movies, but I'm not like the biggest action 80s action movie fan where that would be more for that person and See, I would I be don't, kind of left in the dust. I don't I, I'm going to come back. Yeah, I'm going to say you don't need to be like the biggest 80s action movie fan cuz you would recognize the tropes and what mm-hmm. everything is based off of. Okay. Yeah, it, I don't think I don't think there's anything that is yeah, now in the first episode, but you know, I'm extrapolating it out, you know, over a full series. Like how far it's making fun of it so f- this far. I think it's more making fun of John Claude Van Damme. Yeah. And I, I I don't think they're gonna be <clears throat> digging too deep where you're not going to get something. And I mean it's it's like that SNL skit uh, that started like John Goodman, mm-hmm. where they were the ninjas that attack a guy in a movie and mm-hmm. they're like, listen guys, we really gotta work on this. We gotta stop attacking one at a time. Mm-hmm. If we all swarm them, we can beat them. And they have that break and then they go fight the guy and then they come back and he's like, we fell back into it. We really gotta stop attacking one at a time. And that was the joke in this mm-hmm. between the director saying, people don't really fight like that yeah. and then them doing that. Like It's making fun of action movies in general a little bit of the movie genre, mm-hmm. but mostly it's John Claude Van Damme, like letting himself be the butt of jokes. Mm-hmm. Muscles from Brussels. The muscles from Brussels. I looked for him when I was when <laughs> I was in Brussels. <laughs> I it, I like both of these though. So John, thank you for actually mm-hmm. giving me a reason to actually watch them because I wouldn't have otherwise. I'm glad that I've seen both of them. Uh, I think I think they're definitely worth a watch. If you're somebody who listens to this podcast, I imagine you'd probably enjoy them because you like probably the same stuff we like, uh, and we the like finer Paul. things in life. I would say, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Paul, Man, okay, guys, I saw like half a bottle of old number. <laughs> See, that's why we said don't bother with another one. All right, I didn't. Good for I you. I will now. enjoy that pumpkin whenever I get to it, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you should enjoy rating and review us over at iTunes, because we enjoy those ratings and reviews. It's well, been quite a while since we've gotten one. Yeah. And those help other people find the show, which dictates nothing to us, really. Really? Yeah, we'll still do it. <laughs> we, yeah. We've been doing this for seven years. years and we yeah. keep doing it. Yep. <laughs> we, you know, it doesn't matter to me. I still like doing it. I love doing it, and it gives me a great excuse to get together with my friends. Yeah. But uh, those of you who have great interviews, thank you. And tell your friends. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, whenever you're over at a friend's house, just creepily <clears throat> sign into their PC and just start downloading all of the episodes. Yeah. That That's always good. And maybe they'll listen to them. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, they're very hard. Uh, find us over on the Facebook. Let us know what you thought of the two episodes, um, The Tick and John Claude Vettiam, and let us know which one you would vote for or did uh, vote for. Let Johnson. us know if you missed out on not watching one of the other Amazon pilot season stuff. The uh, Kevin Bacon. I Love Dick looks like it could be funny because it has a lot of those people that you do um, that you do you like seeing in comedies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do want to say the um, the boom sauce, the Nixon, <laughs> the, the sauce. Elvis and Nixon movie oh. is up on Prime as well. That's the one starring Kevin uh, Spacey and um, the guy who played Sod. Can't mm. think of his name. Michael, uh, which Shannon? Michael Shannon. 
which we talked about the. I never know people's job, names. Paul. Back back in January, Paul, I, I, I would be proud movie. of that one if I was you. I am. <laughs> that was a good one. Uh, and that looked really great. So that's another thing to check out while you're on Amazon. Mm-hmm. 